Welcome to Short Lectures, Psych 101, and this is short lecture number five, and what we're talking about are the philosophical roots of psychology. Uh, previously, we talked about the nature-nurture debate in, in psychology, and I hope we came to the conclusion that through this uh, class, we'll see that it's probably a combination of both, and we need to pay attention to both. The next philosophical uh, problem that psychology has inherited is the mind-body problem. And uh, we're going to talk about two uh, enlightened year philosophers. One is Rene Descartes and the other is John Locke. And we're going to start with Rene Descartes who was a French philosopher and uh, I gotta give Descartes some credit in that he was a mathematician uh, and did a great uh, service in, in bringing forth science and math and bringing that to the forefront of, uh, of, of our modern time. And uh, if you do get a chance to read any of his treaties, they are definitely well worth, worth reading. Uh, but there is uh, some aspects of his theory that uh, we do need to talk about because they've had a huge influence on, on uh, modern psychology and philosophy, though they probably have too much of a, a uh, theological influence uh, and may have uh, not done services too well to the debates of the mind-body problem that we should talk about. So the, the mind-body problem really comes down to the idea is the mind, which we can think of as the soul, the thing that makes us human, the thing that provides us with consciousness, our ability to do self-reflection, uh, to think about ourselves in our past, present, future, all of those things, and our body, the physical entity. Are these things two, two separate entities or are they one in the same. And this is a problem that Descartes took on and it was actually a problem that was asked upon him. And uh, in, originally it's interesting to note that Descartes actually originally stated that no, the mind and the body are one and the same, but at the time the religious uh, movements at the time uh, threatened him in a sense and said, you know, we don't like that idea and it might be heretical for you to state that we would like you to think about it longer um, the, that kind of assumption you might lose your life upon and so Descartes uh, thought about it longer and uh, he was thinking about it once while uh, walking through these gardens where there's these uh, mechanical gardens where there's these statues and these statues uh, work on these hydraulics and what happens is, is as you go along the pathway in these gardens and you step on a certain stone this creates a hydraulic where these statues will start to move because you've pressed a hydraulic thing and it pumps hydraulics through and it makes the statue move and Descartes goes aha there's my solution to the mind-body problem and he states that in order for the body to move and to act, there must be an actor that acts upon it because the body could not act in and of itself and therefore the mind 
and the body are two separate things. And so the assumption is, is that for the body to have animation, it must have an operator, an actor, which is acting upon it. And uh, this, this resonates very well. We, we know that uh, the idea of creationism uh, with, within theological uh, uh, notions is that the universe, and this fits very well with, with, with these notions, is that the universe couldn't exist without an actor acting upon it. And so this resonates very well with that notions and makes those notions very consistent with each other. Now, uh, Descartes uh, very interestingly put the mind in a very interesting place in the pituitary gland, which we will see has a very interesting function. I'm not sure it's the place of the mind, but he put it there because it's one of the irregular shaped areas that is actually located in the center of the brain, but I highly doubt that uh, that's the seat of the mind. But that is where the dualistic approach and the argument for dualism grows from. And, and we do have to give some, some, uh, some congruency to the dualistic approach. If you really think about yourself, you, we, we act as if our mind and our body are two separate things. When we think about ourselves behaving, we actually, if we really think about it, we analyze it as if we are acting upon our body, not that we're one and the same with our body. So this dualistic approach makes sense from an experiential experience of being a human being. Um, and from a, a large line of theological philosophy, it also makes sense. Um, and this also follows in the line of uh, Platonic thought. Well, we go back to Plato and the idea of inheritance and blood. Your soul comes from a specific place in a certain heritage, and so you're, 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 in, you're inherited, your soul it comes from a certain place that it belongs in a place in a heritage and and so it fits very well with a platonic approach as well john locke on the other hand uh, rejects descartes notion and and they actually have some heated exchange and letters back and forth and and they're going to argue back and forth what locke is going to say is no 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 um, uh, the mind and the body are one and the same. And what uh, John Locke's famous statement is, is that we are all born with a blank slate. If, I, if I'm going to put this in, in modern terms, uh, it, instead of using blank slate, we are all born with a blank hard drive. We're all born with an empty phone uh, for which experience life writes upon and that's where we come from that's who we are is we're accumulation of experiences we don't come pre-programmed as as anything would suggest we're blank when we're born and we're an accumulation of experiences and that's what creates our personality that's what creates who we are in Descartes notion our personality, who we are, is presupposed by the actor that is acting upon our body. 
in Locke's notion, uh, our brain our, is this blank hard drive. Our personality develops as we experience the world. If you think about this, this sounds a lot like Plato and Aristotle, right? In Descartes' notion that everything we are, we're born with. In Locke's notion, it sounds a lot like Aristotle, where life is what determines who we become. So these are very closely tied together. Um, but these are going to have very profound changes on our world. Uh, Locke is going to have the whole entire American experience is going to be based on John Locke. If, we, if uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence for my class, I would actually have to fell him for plagiarism because um, he would be plagiarizing John Locke's statement. So we look at the Declaration of Independence um, where it states that we are all born equal with inalienable rights. This is exactly what John Locke is stating. He stated, we're all born the same. We're all born equal to this land. And therefore, we all have the right to life, liberty, and this pursuit of happiness. See how those two sound the same. Declaration of Independence, Locke's theory of human nature. Both of them made the same argument. Both of them were politically oriented. Locke was making a notion of human nature. Uh, Jefferson was trying to make a political statement. But the idea that we're all born equal comes from this idea that we're not born with any pre-programming. Now, that's based on we're all born equal, right? Um, and so we have to ask today, and let's fast forward like we did with the nature-nurture debate. Are we all born equal with all blank slates, or are we kind of Plato, Descartes, we're all born with something, and we have to work with that? And that's really where we are with the mind-body debate, and we're going to take the same similar kind of thing with the nature-nurture. The first thing we have to decide, though, is the mind-body one and the same or different. If you're a pure biologist, you would argue that, no, the mind-body is one in the same because consciousness begins and ends with the brain. Um, if you are more of a uh, metaphysicist, you'd say, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, you know, we have all of these after-death experiences and stuff. But even at that, you have some biological arguments and, and whatnot. And that's beyond the scope of this, this uh, short lecture here. Uh, but we do need to explore these when we get to human development, human consciousness, uh, sensation and perception because we will see we're not just purely a biological machine but we're not just purely a psychological machine and this debate about mind-body are we just a brain operating in the world 
there's a lot to be said about this idea that there still is something more to know about our world beyond synapses and electricity in our brain. And uh, that's where I'm going to leave this argument. Um, but I would also say that there is something to be said that we are born pre-programmed with something, but experience has a lot to say on that pre-programming. So agreeing with Locke, but saying there is a lot more mystery to the mind-body problem than just simple biology or simple mind-body arguments.